Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And Diane Marie Williams says, it's our moment to upshift to the next level of human evolution. Are you ready? To operate at the most advanced level that human beings can possess. Our very survival is at stake, as well as the survival of all precious life on planet Earth. Our moment of choice is at hand. Do we choose mass extinction or mass evolution, where we usher in humanity's biggest collective consciousness shift in history? We're going to dig into this consciousness shift and look at the inner space and the role of the heart for clues to our evolution. Can the shift begin with love? Stay tuned. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guests, and today we have four amazing luminaries with an incredible message to deliver to you today. So I am going to abbreviate these introductions because I want to get right into the topic and this conversation. So I'm encouraging you to go to the website and read more about each of these guests. They are incredible. We'll begin here with Dr. Eben Alexander. Dr. Alexander was an academic neurosurgeon for over 25 years, and he's the author of the New York Times number one bestseller, Proof of Heaven, The Map of Heaven, and Living in a Mindful Universe. Karen Newell is an author and specialist in personal development with a diverse body of work that rests upon the foundation of a heart-centered consciousness. She's the co-founder of Sacred Acoustics and co-author with Eben Alexander of Living in a Mindful Universe. Claudia Wells is chairman of the Institute of Noetic Science and with the Global Coherence Initiative. She's also on the board of Space for Humanity and is chair of the Invest in Yourself Working Group at Nexus Global Network. And Diane Marie Williams is the founder and president of the Source of Synergy Foundation. She was the initiator with Deepak Chopra of one of its main projects, the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. And that circle has produced the book we're talking about today, Our Moment of Choice. I'm so happy to have all four of you with me. This is a first for me, by the way, to have four guests. So welcome, everyone. Thanks so much. It's great Thank, to you, Thank you, Judy. Julie. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And, and we've had three now with this book because the voices are so incredible. And I'll tell you what, as I introduce um, some of the first questions, uh, there's a really powerful theme here that I can't wait to dig into with all of you. But first, we have a traditional first question here on the show. And I usually like to just set our conversation in a larger whole worldview. And so I'm going to give our traditional question with a twist and ask each of you if you would respond to this. So we're going to begin with this. If you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected 
mean to you during these evolutionary times and this moment of choice? And Dr. Eben, I'm going to start with you. Well, I think uh, it really points to oneness and how um, you know, we can talk about oneness and be interested in the connections we share, and yet at a very deep level, when we investigate the universe and the nature of consciousness and the nature of reality, we find that there is this uh, kind of process of natural synthesis that organically uh, brings us all together, uh, that we're all sharing in the growth of, of, the, of the one mind and kind of the, the one soul, uh, binding force of love, and that's, uh, to me, it. Great. Karen, do you want to add to that? Yes, I would say, you know, that it's really important to look at this from a personal perspective. And one way to easily do that is through the golden rule, which we're all so familiar with. And of course, in these days, that is so prevalent that each of our behaviors is actually affecting people around us literally now with this virus pandemic going on. And so the the palpability of all things connected is so much more evident when we're having this kind of hardship. Mm, great addition to that, Karen. Thank you. And Diane. Yeah, all things connected. I love that. And I love that it's the title of your show. And I just think that that means that our essence is source, which is a single field of consciousness out of which everything emerges, where we're united as one and we're connected to all that is, all that was, and all that ever will be. Mm. Beautiful. And finally, Claudia. Thank you for the question, Julie, and for your answers, even in Karen and Diane. I just want to, um, as Karen was saying, I take the question really personally. I take the subject very personally. And for me, being interconnected or being connected or oneness or however we talk about it, to consider how to behave within that knowing. So everything is one, everything is connected, but then the, the next questions are how and, and what does this mean for how I am in the world? And what I have realized myself is just how essential an understanding of the human heart is in answering those questions. Mm, Claudia, that's a beautiful introduction for us. Thank you for that. Because I also, when I looked at this circle, this the, our moment of choice book is, is broken into seven circles. And all of you have written a chapter within that circle. And the chapter talks about moving, you know, from outer space to the inner space. And each and every one of you are experts. And we could talk on so many incredibly rich subjects, including this single field of consciousness that we're talking about. But the fun thing that's emerging from the writings um, that, that I've really looked at when I when I was reading this and preparing for the show is that each of you really look at our human heart and that power, that superpower of the heart to come forward. And so it's going to be fun to muse in and to really listen to each of you, even speaking to the other one, but I'm going to, I'm going to begin first before we dig into the heart and the role of, of even love in the evolution of consciousness here. But I'm going to begin with, with, um, 
Dr. Eben and Karen, you wrote your chapter together. And let's begin with the scientific revolution that's been brewing over the nature of consciousness. You write about the science of consciousness. Can you give us just a, a Cliff Notes version on consciousness and what we're talking about here in that single field that Diane had mentioned and that Claudia is so passionate about as well. And then I'll get all of your voices in on this. Eben? Yes, that's an excellent question. And uh, from my point of view, when I look back at it from a scientific perspective over the last few centuries in terms of kind of focusing our notions of, of, of what is reality, uh, it's very important to point out that the advent of quantum physics in the early 20th century was absolutely a major turning point. Because essentially what that showed us is when you probe very deeply into that physical world around us and uh, scratch the surface and get all the way down to subatomic particles, what you realize is that none of it uh, exists in a way that can be uh, independent of the observing mind. So essentially quantum physics was trying to drive us towards this primacy of, of mind. Erwin Schrodinger and others wrote about that extensively. And then what's happened is in the neuroscience of consciousness and philosophy of mind as we progressed in the 20th and early 21st century, uh, we found that there's a tremendous uh, uh, evidence for non-local consciousness, uh, for things like telepathy, uh, you know, psychokinesis, uh, remote viewing, uh, ways that we can discern information and also influence uh, the world at a distance. Uh, uh, and, and all this then meshes into some of the spiritual traditions like healing and the power of prayer. And we start realizing it's all about the same thing. It's really about that one mind. Uh, in, in so many ways, the universe is conscious uh, and every sentient being has an intimate and personal sharing of that existence of, of universal consciousness in their own sentience. And we're discovering how much there's an overlap and in many ways how the will of, the, of each and every uh, individual sentient being has a tremendous influence on the emerging will of the universe. Uh, but it's really discovering this, this incredible uh, unification of uh, what we previously thought was so separate. You know, separate minds are not really so separate. And the NDE community and the evolution of science around consciousness has, has just continued to amplify that sense of oneness. Mm. Now, I'm sure our listeners can go, yeah, I could listen to each and every one of you. And you each could have written a book on this very topic just alone. But Karen, do you want to expand on, on what Dr. Evan has said? Yes. Well, you know, it's one thing to talk about the science of all of this, but what does it really mean to me, to us as individuals? And what Evan is really saying is rather remarkable. And what it does is it puts the responsibility for our reality on each and every one of us. And so many of us walking around with this materialist kind of philosophy that the physical world exists and we are part of that physical world, it's flipped upside down. We're actually a spiritual essence uh, residing in a physical world. And once you realize that the spiritual essence is actually causing what's happening in the physical world, that's where that responsibility comes into play. And so many of us, you know, this is happening whether we realize it or not. It's not like you can choose to participate. We are all participants. And so 
that's where, you know, our moment of choice is so relevant because it really, each of us needs to make that choice. Are we going to be aware of this, that this is how the world works, or are we not going to be aware? And personally, being more aware gives much, much more uh, ability to feel empowered in our individual lives. So it's a wonderful philosophy to be bringing into our reality right now, metaphysical idealism that only consciousness exists. That is huge uh, to each and every one of us when we really absorb what that means. Mm, it's so true, Karen. Thank you for that. And, and you know, we've been talking during this series about it being more than the science and more than the, the spiritual experience. And, and how do we bring this into this convergence of really the, the mind and the heart of this? And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But first, I just want to see, Diane, do you want to expand on the idea of the universe's conscious and this single field of consciousness? Yes, and also what you just said, I think the science and the spiritual are really merging. We're seeing that so much more. Um, and we something that Nikola Tesla once said, the day science begins to study the non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of this existence. And I think we're in that time right now. And I was just thinking, as Eben and Karen were speaking, um, I'm part of uh, Lynn McTaggart's Intention Essentials class. And it's amazing when you tap into this limitless mind, this expanded mind, what you can do, what your potential is as a human being. And she's literally seeing thousands of people healing just because people are using the power intention of intention to make change and really putting your heart um, together with other hearts and really focusing your attention on supporting others in their healing process. So I think that's just an example of what our mind, what our powers can do um, when we merge the science and the spiritual. Yeah, and, and here sits Claudia on the cutting edge of all of this with the noetic science background. Claudia, what can you add? Can you uh, say the question again, Julie? Is there a particular question? Yeah, there's so many ways to go with this. There is, Claudia, and I'm just trying to get an, an introduction for our listeners on literally the science of consciousness and where we're at, where we're sitting at in 2020 during this moment of choice with what we know about consciousness and, and this evolutionary edge that we sit on. Is there anything like that jumps out at you that's really emergent in this moment about consciousness and how it fits into this conversation? Yeah, thank you. I tend to talk less about consciousness than about coherence because consciousness has so many different meanings to so many different people. And often in these conversations, we can't even agree on what consciousness is. Yeah. However, we, we do have a pretty precise understanding of coherence and when it seems to be um, pervading a system and not. And so for me, what this whole conversation means, just connecting to this moment and just really speaking from my heart, because this can be a really intellectual conversation too, but I'm, I'm called to speak more from a heart space. This moment of global pause that we're in, where, as uh, Swami Beyond Ananda says, our reality checks are bouncing, 
is a, it's a real opportunity because our reality checks are bouncing. That means we're open to considering that what we're, what we've been doing isn't working. And so what do we need to do differently or how do we need to be differently? And that's where the conversation around oneness is tricky too, because we can say we're all one, but our experience doesn't really reflect that truth. So there's this really wonderful um, way of thinking about that there's what's real and there's what's true. And I would say what's true and, and what science is pointing to is true more and more is this fundamental connectedness of everything. But what's real in our experience is that there's a lot of division and incoherence. So my, my message is just, um, if I bring in the Institute of Noetic Sciences, you know, our founder, Edgar Mitchell, who had this epiphany of oneness in space, if you think of the precision that we needed to have in our scientific understanding to get Edgar Mitchell into space and onto the moon, we now are gaining a similar precision in terms of understanding the power of the human heart in creating a coherence that can actually bring a, about an experience of oneness, or a real embodied experience of oneness on the planet. And um, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm really most interested to share. Thank you, Claudia. I'm going to just stay with you on this, but I want to read you something because you are an expert on the whole topic of coherence. I'm glad you brought that in. And and with HeartMath Institute of really looking at the role of the heart, and we're talking about the science here of consciousness, and we can't talk about the science of consciousness without really bringing this into this, this new understanding of the role of the heart. And even in Karen wrote this quote, and I'm just going to read this quote to you and have you give us the first piece of understanding about heart and heart coherence. Um, they wrote, we all seem to be connected through the binding force of pure, unconditional love as those with firsthand experience directly report through any sort of spiritually transformative experience. That same unconditional love, so comforting to the experiencer, provides the empirical evidence of the nature that the primordial consciousness, love, is at the core of our existence. Right up your alley, Claudia, do you want to expand on that and give us an, an introduction into the role of the heart now and how we can bring this conversation into this idea of love? Yeah, thank you. I love what you read. Thank you. Um, even in Karen. What I was saying earlier about the precision that we needed um, in our scientific understanding of the forces of nature to get man into space and now having a similar or gaining a similar understanding of the human heart with a similar precision. In that conversation, we understand that um, looking at the, the signals of the heart scientifically, we can consider love or coherence to be the physiological signature of love at the core of the human system. And that is um, 
frequency, a pattern of coherence that benefits the entire body, but that I think many people know now that that is not limited to our body because we are electromagnetic beings and we have these electromagnetic fields and the heart is the largest, has the largest um, electromagnetic field of the body. So when we are experiencing this, this unconditional love, this love that remembers our connectedness, we are sharing that frequency with the world around us. And it, because it's a coherent pattern, we are bringing, we are cohering with the rest of nature, which is innately coherent as well. So this, for me, was like a huge aha that I have agency in terms of my ability to connect with the greater whole through my own heart. And that there's a scientific understanding to that was what really uh, enabled me to take this personally and act on it instead of just accept it as an intellectual idea. Mm, and that has led to teaching millions and millions of people around the world how to experience that coherence and come into that experience and then also know the benefits. I love how you talk about the physiological signature of love. And we're going to go into love way more during the, the second half of the show, but I want to give um Evan and Karen, just a, a moment to expand on this if you want to with the science before we go into break, and then we can follow up with Diane after the break of this is this is exciting. And what Claudia has just said is she's taking it out of the idea of her mind and just having it be an idea to really embodying this. And I know both of you Evan and Karen have have done that too in your writings and, and in your work. Can you just expand a little bit more on the heart? Um, either one of you jump in and let's just really bring this idea of coherence and the heart home. Well, I just wanted to uh, thank Claudia for bringing up uh, the coherence because for me, uh, it's something I've absolutely come to depend on uh, in deep meditative states in terms of discernment. Uh, and it has to do with kind of the, the notion of coherence uh, being information uh, kind of overlay and, and uh, the whole notion of certain ideas as templates and, and how other things that I experience can overlay with that in a very coherent fashion. Uh, and it's something that I actually kind of know and utilize much better than I can uh, put into words. But uh, this notion of coherence, it brings to mind uh, Plotinus, the uh, ancient uh, uh, Greek philosopher and his notion of like attracts like. And that's uh, very much what I think uh, we find in these explorations uh, deep into consciousness is this uh, whole notion of coherence is one that we can really uh, take to heart uh, very literally in kind of discerning the information that we encounter in these journeys. And I would say that uh, so Karen has certainly educated me about heart coherence and and heart math, but uh, she's taken me much further in her notions of uh, uh, this this uh, one mind that I keep talking about really being one heart and that notion of the binding force of love practically uh, applied to that. So I think, Karen, uh, you could probably offer a lot about that. Well, I, I'm the practical one and uh, <laughs> not the theoretical one. So practically speaking, 
when when Claudia and Eben bring up coherence, I just want to make sure that listeners understand that this isn't some scientific, it is a scientific topic, but what that really means is that you're able to find this peace and calm in your heart. And it starts with generating this feeling of gratitude. And when you're able to generate feelings of gratitude, not thoughts of gratitude, that's when you start to feel that coherence. And so each of us, by realizing this, we can make that choice to develop that coherence or that ability to bring that peace, calm, and gratitude for all that is into our very being. And what I love about HeartMath's research is that our heart, each of our hearts, actually affects the people around us. And so by having the, those coherent kind of grateful feelings in your heart, you're actually helping people around you without having to say a word, just by bringing that balance into the environment. So each of us who knows how to do this consciously, it's a beautiful thing to bring to our world. Mm, thank you, Karen. And I'm really glad that you dropped in that you're the practical one. And because literally the science is making this so user friendly. It's not just this idea out there that we'd all like to create coherence because it's a good idea. It really is coming into a, a user friendly technique. The quick coherence technique is amazing. If you haven't heard of it, you if you listen to my show, you hear about it all the time. Um, but look up the research on heart math. This is an incredible opportunity at this evolutionary point and, and bringing this into the conversation of consciousness. We're going to do that right after the break here because I think it's a really um, beautiful opportunity for us to really expand into what does that really mean and, and where are we going and how are we going to get there as we're, as we're looking at all the changes on the planet and and what's happening with, with our cultural relations and, and other things, political relations. This is our time to really ground this force of love and um, like was mentioned, the binding force of love. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, what does love have to do with conscious evolution? We'll be right back. Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Today's a good day to grab your kids and hang out with them for an hour. Dance, walk, play a sport, or cook a healthy meal. Because just moving a little and eating better every day can help make you and your child healthier. Can we do it? Yeah, we know that we can. We'll ball it up. Because we know how to hoop. We'll mess around. Because we know how to play. We'll drop it down. Because we know how to dance. 
Search We Can online to find doable tips and activities that you can use every day to keep you and your kids healthy. Remember, that's We Can. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. You're so annoying. You're so annoying. Stop copying stop me. copying me. Mom, tell her to stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking to me. Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a You're doofus. You're such a doofus. How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. Mom! A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There's lots of ways to do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com and goodofthewhole.org. I am here with some of the co-authors of Our Moment of Choice. I am here with Eben Alexander, Karen Newell, Diane Marie Williams and Claudia Wells. I'm going to tell you how to get a hold of each of them. First, you can find this book, Our Moment of Choice, at ourmomentofchoice.com. And then you can find Dr. Eben at ebenalexander.com. And I have to apologize, Dr. Alexander. I keep saying even, Eben, even, Eben. And I know it's Eben, but my mind wants to say even. So ebenalexander.com. You can find him there. You can find Karen Newell at sacredacoustics.com. Find Diane at sourceofsynergyfoundation.org and Claudia Wells at noetic.org. And again, if you're wanting to write that down, go to the show page and you'll find all of those links right there. So before the break, we just began talking about the heart and this idea of love. And you have all suggested that by actively cultivating feelings of love and compassion, we can serve others as the heart's electromagnetic field naturally radiates this energy out to the world at large. So, Diane, we didn't get to hear from you right before the break. I want to start with you because you write this really cool little 
phrase here. I can't wait. You write about our hearts as these portals that can lift us and that connecting with the heart field connects us with all things. We kind of started off with that all things connected at the top of the show. So I really like how you express this and you, you've addressed this global crisis by encouraging us to come into our greatest power. And I, I love how you wrote your chapter, but you said this, that this greatest power is this love, which is the matrix of all creation. The matrix of all creation is love. Muse into that a little bit more, Diane. It's such a beautiful imagery. Tell us what you mean by love as this matrix of all creation. I think it's a great place for us to continue this conversation with love. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, well, love is the greatest force in the universe. We all know that. And life is a series of choices. And when we use the power of our hearts, when making choices, either individually or collectively, our love frequencies reach the higher vibrations needed to upshift to our next levels of conscious evolution. And we know when there's enough love generated, the unconsciousness of the world begins to either dissolve or transmute to match the frequency of that love and that light. And it's really important because we talk about our moment of choice. I think it's important to see each choice we make as an opportunity to further ignite this matrix of love. And sometimes we really need to hit the pause button to ask ourselves, um, will this choice I'm about to make move us towards a loving world? Is what I'm thinking, doing, or about to say going to add light and love that's needed? Um, to really help us all consciously evolve or not. You know, is this choice necessary? Will it contribute to the well-being of not only myself, but others and our environment? Or will it create division, doubt, or a reaction that could have a negative ripple effect in the field? And since we're all connected by consciousness, all of our choices even simple everyday choices truly matter because they register in the quantum field and have an impact on what happens to the whole. And I just think it's truly heartwarming to see so many acts of kindness, especially now during these challenging times, including people choosing to pay the rent of strangers during the pandemic and healthcare professionals holding the hands of somebody that's dying of COVID when they take their last breath because their loved ones couldn't be with them. And choices that really display the true beauty of the human spirit. And these acts of kindness really allow each of us to be example setters and inspire others to make similar choices. And offering the best of who we are is really our most important job right now, expressing this matrix of love that once we Anytime we do an act of love, we know that it goes out into the field and it has a ripple effect. So our choices and our acts of love really matter more than ever. Mm. So I want to bring Claudia Mm -hmm. in here, Claudia, because we do know it has a ripple effect, but it's not just this idea of a rippling like, oh, that was so nice. I want to go pay it forward that literally it's creating an effect in the electromagnetic field. Claudia, I'm wondering if you can expand on this idea that this 
love and compassion from what you, your research with the heart is important here, but I'm wondering how we expand this idea to this, to the idea of conscious evolution right here, right now on the planet, that this is not just a, uh, an idea. This is very, very real. And what can you teach our listeners here about presencing that love and compassion that Diane's talking about and how that affects those around us? Well, my main message is that we each have everything we need to participate in this. Uh, and that was news for me. You know, for a long time, I thought, what do I need to what do I need to learn? What community do I need to be part of? What am I, what am I missing? And the realization that we each have this heart and what we like to say at heart math or global coherence initiative is there's a ton of science around this, you know, the, the art and science of coherence, but we don't need to be mechanics to drive our cars. We don't need to be scientists to learn how to, utilize our heart to be able to create greater coherence in ourselves and in the world around us, social and even earth. It's, it's my belief that because of the overlapping of the magnetic fields of humanity and the planet, that our coherence actually benefits the planet, that there's a, a two-way exchange, energetic exchange between the planet and humanity. And that was um, a huge uh, paradigm shift for me because I felt like if I wanted to help the planet, I just I had to keep doing things, doing things, doing things. And actually, I learned that the stress that I was feeling in all the things that I felt I needed to do to try to help the planet that actually weren't getting any traction, I was actually having the exact opposite effect that that I wanted to have because my stress was adding this this frequency of incoherence. So this just flipped everything around for me, and I want to bring it back to um, Edgar Mitchell for a moment, the Ion founder, because Diane was writing about the matrix of all creation is love, and when Ed was in space, he had this epiphany that agape love or unconditional love is the organizing principle of the entire universe. And for me, there's just this beautiful simplicity on the other side of all this complexity, which is that my love, my coherence connects me with this organizing principle. And that means when I am connected in this way, my choices are inspired by that timeless uh, wisdom of nature. And it, it just makes me feel like um, with all this complexity and so many choices, being connected in that way, that that's a, a coherent guidance a much larger intelligence that I'm part of that if I'm out of coherence I'm, I'm separate from and just the last thing I want to say is um, about the power of love and what science has to teach us about the power of love because if if coherence is the physiological signature of love at the core of the human being and we know coherent energy has power I write about this in my essay that you can think of coherence as the difference between laser light, which is spatially coherent light and capable of burning a hole through steel and precise enough for microsurgery because coherent energy moves together and persists, and incoherent light, which is like a 40-watt bulb, 
incandescent bulb, then you can see the, the power that we have when we are operating at higher levels of coherence as opposed to the stress and anxiety and other um, valid emotions, but we just don't want them to become chronic because then we are contributing incoherence and we're degrading not just our own system, uh, but also the, the coherence in the field around us. Mm. Thank you, Claudia. Karen, I'm going to I think this is a great introduction to you and your work as well as an expert in the heart and what we're talking about here. I'm wondering if you could um, deepen into this idea of of love and our conscious evolution um, in the way that perhaps our listeners can really grasp this idea and and assist. And what I mean by that is, how do we create the conditions for this love? to act as this evolutionary force on the planet. What, what can you add to this conversation as we're talking about love and conscious evolution? Well, it's funny because love is one of those things, and we've been saying it here on this call, you know, it's the most important thing. We're all made of love. And yet, when we go through our daily lives, it doesn't really feel that way, right? Because we're dealing with all of these issues and things we need to take care of. And very often it's when a crisis arises, when you're maybe diagnosed with a terminal illness, where suddenly things like that become more important and you wanna feel that love and you wanna start forgiving yourself and others and that sort of thing. So how do we bring this into our daily life is really the biggest question. And I think of it as kind of a secular spirituality where there's all these different religious beliefs out there about what spirit involves. And that has been sort of separated from our practical world, you know, separation of church and state. And yet there's this idea that everyone is talking about that we're made of this love. And so this is that secular spirituality. And because it's based in science, it should be able to get some movement. And I don't know why HeartMath isn't, you know, permeating every single institution on our planet, because when someone can sit and make important decisions, say you're a CEO of a, you know, Exxon, or maybe you're, you know, the principal of a school, or you're the senator from a state here in the U.S., if those kinds of people could bring that into their lives, knowing that this is for all of us. It's part of being human. It's our birthright. And each of us, as we do it in our individual lives, of course, that makes a huge amount of difference. But it's the institutions that I feel could really benefit from incorporating this more into their uh, into their structure. So for example, in schools, why not have children when they place their heart hand on their heart every morning and do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, say a little something about my heart will only serve others in beneficial ways, or that just came off the top of my head. How each of us learns to do this, not from a church, but from society in general. So I feel like that bridging science and spirituality gives us that opportunity for this secular spirituality that we can all just understand is capital T truth and not worry about what whose religion is what and who's an atheist or not. It really is the human heart that is a gift to each and every one of us. It's both a birthright and a responsibility to become more in touch with it. Mm. 
Thank you, Karen. And this is a, a beautiful lead-in um, to you, Eben. I'm going to deepen into this again, just another level here, because as Karen brings in the conversation of this being secular, because the science is showing us that, we also know that these the religious traditions, the, the religious wisdom that's been around for, for eons here is showing the same thing. And so I want to bring you in because like you, I've had a near-death experience. And what we're finding out is that those who have been in non-ordinary states of consciousness in that place of, of like we're talking about this true awakening and moving into transcendental um, personal experiences that what Karen's inviting us into is the practical application of those transcendental experiences, that direct experience of love, of unity, of wholeness. Evan, how do we move toward a society that normalizes the non-ordinary states of consciousness so that we're not afraid of it anymore, so that we don't have to, you know, prove this, that it becomes um, these conditions where we can pledge allegiance to the flag with our hand over our heart and then practice sending love to one another and expanding our heart field right there in a school or in a boardroom. Well, I, w- I would say that in, in many ways, all of our religious systems over thousands of years have come from uh, people's personal experiences in spiritual realms. And, uh, you know, as a fellow indie ear, uh, I'm sure you'll appreciate uh, the biggest gift that we get there uh, is bathing in that ocean of love, of, of the love of that creative source. Uh, and that's what allows us to come back to this world and know there's nothing to fear about death. In many ways, NDEs are kind of the tip of the spear of this uh, revolution in thinking because we've had thousands of years or, you know, various prophets and mystics to have these experiences and talk about them. And then, of course, you could have uh, the common man out there having their own spontaneous epiphanies through uh, uh, centering prayer and through other uh, adventures. But the universe kind of got tired of that arrangement back in the late 1960s and gave physicians the capability to resuscitate cardiac arrest patients. So we've had millions of souls who have been to the other side and come back over the last six decades. Uh, And I think that is just one of the tools because, uh, for example, Ken Ring has written extensively about how just knowing about NDEs uh, in the population at large can have a tremendous transformative effect and uh, for the better. So that those those beautiful benefits of an NDE that bring people into this world uh, after their NDE being much more uh, kind of altruistic, loving, caring for self and others, uh, bringing love to this world in a very practical sense because they bathed in it uh, is something that I think uh, this whole uh, revolution in consciousness, and that certainly involves uh, meditative techniques like sacred acoustics and uh, the many other techniques that are coming to the fore today, enable us all to go within because as sentient beings, we all have the power to come in touch with that uh, universal uh, healing force of love. And I would say the other gift of the NDE 
uh, in many ways is the life review. More than half of indie ears report a profound life review. And in general, the more you hear about that, the more you realize the life review does not honor our typical idea of self and non-self because the life review is more commonly told as you experience the uh, emotional impact on others around you of your actions, of the items presented in that life review. So we don't experience it from our personal self viewpoint as much as from the emotional uh, impact that our actions and, and thoughts had on others around us. It's a beautiful way of showing the reality of this one mind. Uh, and the good news is that through these lessons from NDEs and through personal experience engendered in centering prayer and in uh, you know deep meditative experiences, we can all bring these truths from personal experience back into this world. Because ultimately, uh, what it all depends on is how we live our lives in this world and bringing that kind of knowledge and wisdom, uh, that personal experience of, of loving connection. Uh, what Karen often talks about is uh, kind of the uh, ultimate golden rule, really, when you see that the golden rule is written in the fabric of the universe through life reviews. Uh, that's where these lessons can be very profound and life affirming. And it doesn't necessitate an NDE to come into the same kind of experience. As conscious beings, we all have the power to discover these truths by spending that time going within, realizing we're not that little ego voice in our head. You know, so many people identify with that running stream of thoughts in their head, uh, the ego mind, whereas in fact, from meditation, it's a beautiful uh, way to kind of put that little voice into time out. I love how Michael Singer calls that little running stream of thoughts in our head our annoying roommate. And I think that's an important way to look at it and then develop uh, something Karen and I often push in our workshops is this ability to develop a relationship with a higher soul that transcends far beyond that little ego voice and the ego mind. Uh, and this takes us into territory where we can truly uh, bring the healing power of love for self and others and, and turn that into more wholeness in this world. Uh, and that always involves that binding force of love. Mm. I love that. Thank you for, for really presencing that healing power of love and, and how that does bring us into more wholeness. This is going to be one of my favorite quotes of the day. So we have just a few minutes left in the show, and I want to give you each about 60 seconds or less to just ponder into this very last um, question here to kind of wrap this up into a bow. Our moment of choice, if this is a critical evolutionary moment in time, what would be your call to action that you'd like to share with our listeners? 60 seconds or less. I'm going to start with you, Diane. I would say, just like what's inscribed at the Temple of Delphi, know thyself. And that's where the hope of the future lies. And this involves getting to know the fundamental nature of ourselves in reality, through our consciousness, that we are one with source, to know the significance of our choices and actions, to know our multidimensional abilities and their, their potential to make change and to know the power of our hearts when we tap into deep coherence. And once we are aware of who we truly are, we will live beyond space and time and serve the greater whole in a whole new way. Mm. Thank you, Diane. And I just want to say I really loved how you wrote your chapter in the idea of us all becoming superheroes and really tapping into what you just said. So thank you for sharing that. Claudia, what call to action would you like to share with our listeners today? 
Um, quickly, just want to reflect on the NDEs that you and Evan were talking about because it reminded me that it feels like the whole world is having a near-death mm. experience right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so the call to action is really to um, choose to be the master of your ability to add coherence to the world. And um, especially for those of us in the U.S. right now, but for all of us, we can recognize that um, we're voting every with every breath. We're voting with every beat of our heart. We're voting on whether we are creating a world out of um, love or something else. Mm. I pause with goosebumps to really let that sink into our listeners. Thank you, Claudia. That was gorgeous. We're voting with every breath. Okay, Karen, what call to action would you like to share with our listeners? Well, uh, I, of course, am very pro what Diane and Claudia said, but I would add that it's incredibly important to realize that hardships, especially this hardship that we're all going through collectively now, are opportunities for growth. And it's how we choose to respond to those hardships that can really make a difference in whether we have grown or not. And so really taking that to heart as we go through these challenging days of how am I going to respond? And the more of us who can do that with calm balance and respect for others and all of those wonderful qualities, the more we'll get through this collective gift of desperation as Eben and I call it, to really create a better world for all of us. No soul left behind. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Karen. And finally, Evan, what call to action would you like to share with our listeners today? Well, I think as people come to realize that this profound scientific truth of oneness and of connectedness, of the binding force of love that uh, we find uh, studying the, the very rudiments of our existence and the nature of consciousness, uh, can be very uh, empowering. And the more we have gratitude, for this beautiful sense of connection with others, the more we realize that in many ways we are each and every one, one with this universe, and that the universe uh, will look out for us, that we have uh, tremendous uh, help from uh, the other side in many ways. And if we take time to go within every day and then bring those lessons of love to this world to share, we find that the greatest way to love ourselves is to actually serve as a conduit uh, for this infinitely healing force of love that we're describing. Uh, bring that in, bathe in it, and then uh, serve as a conduit to share it with the rest of the world. Uh, one of the most profound lessons of my NDE was that there is no dark force of evil in the universe that was uh, working against forces of light and love, that in fact you have absence of light and love, and that to us appears like darkness and evil, but we all have the power to bring light and love in, serving as that conduit, uh, and ultimately that is what will govern the destiny of all of humanity. Bringing love and harmony, uh, peace and prosperity to all is within our reach as we simply come to realize that uh, we're all in this together and we're really here uh, to manifest that love the universe has for us by sharing love with all of our fellow beings. Mm, four powerful prescriptions for all of us, four brilliant minds. Thank you all for joining me today in this conversation. It was really a delight. Well, thank you. Thank you. thank you, Dr. Julie. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> 
Yes. And I want to leave you listeners with the words of Claudia Wells. I believe humanity is a force of nature whose very makeup is shifting because of a change of heart. As coherence moves from an occasional human state to an enduring human trait through conscious choice, humanity may evolve from being a natural force to embodying a natural power that restores wholeness. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.